Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, Elder Candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Well, we're throwing out a bonus episode. Yeah. And this is actually take two, if we want to say that. Uh, yeah, take two, take yeah, two. Yeah, we, we, we recorded this on the fly with our lapel mics. Yep. But we did so... Uh, in the cigar lounge with a big fan uh, tearing up the noise. But it wasn't like just a regular big fan. It was, it was... Yeah, it was a filtration fan and it was... A lot louder than anything else we've ever encountered. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Eric Mason is pretty loud. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's coming up, I think, in a week, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so... We wanted to do a bonus episode uh, because we do feel the need to address the Florida high school shooting. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Cruz uh, going into a school that he had attended at one point. Yeah. 19 year old uh, with an AR-15. And he killed 17 people. A lot of kids, young kids. Uh, when, I went, when I went through the, the photos, you know, you see the coaches, a couple of coaches yeah. who were really brave teachers who laid down. Protect, yeah. yeah, they laid down their lives to protect the students. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful act of sacrifice. And then these fourteen-year-old kids and some seniors. Um, you know, I, I, all of you know about this event, yeah. this uh, this atrocity. And but at this point, I think we've we've gone through these different emotions, right? We've been sad. Yeah. Uh, people have been upset, crying. We've been, been angry, angry. I know I've been angry and everybody's trying to process. They're talking it out. Um, and the, uh, stu- the, the students themselves, right? Like they're, they're oh, trying man. to process this and, and to, uh, figure out, I guess what's next and how, how to respond. And I know that there's some, you know, they're, they're now looking at some marching and some protesting. Right. Um, and for the students to kind of figure it out is 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 good. I mean, they're kids. I mean, it's it's a lot to take in and to and to try to process. And they need adults around them. They need leaders yes. around them to help them think through uh, what's happening. But we also need others around us to help us think through this. Man, it, it's it's not a, a tragedy. Like it's just oh, a bad thing that happened. This was yeah. an evil thing. This is yeah. It, it it's injustice. Oh man, in its in its worst form, and so we you guys know what happened, mm-hmm. and after this happened, immediately after it happened, then the next thing happened, which yeah. is our reaction. People began to react, and of yeah. course, the way we communicate today is online. Is online and so fast, so quick, not really thinking things through, or like you you've been using the word processing. But right. I mean, like one of the reactions has just been. Uh, like politicking, right? Like right. by by professional politicians, you know. I mean, and um, and passionate lay people, right? Passionate yeah. citizens. Yeah, fair enough. Fair they, enough. They go straight. A lot of us go straight to the politics and the discussion of of gun control and mental health, mental and health, and, and things like that. Yeah. So, like, how do you for for you know for a lot of people then is like okay, well, if there were more guns allowed, if there was guns there, they'd be able to stop, you know, these yeah. sort of things. And then there's others that are saying, well, hold on, if there are guns, let's get rid of guns, let's right. get rid of guns. And the, you know, then, um, and it's fine. Like I, like, you know, even people at our church are online and they're sharing articles and, and we have people on both ends of that spectrum here at Redeemer. Oh yeah. Uh, people trying to figure it out. And our people of course are, are at least what, from what I've seen online, our people are respectful, they are humble. Yes. Yep. Um, I don't have a problem. I even stopped a brother uh, today, and he and I would disagree on some of the political aspects and social aspects of this when it comes down to the morality and, and 
you know, our perspective on evil were Correct. the same. But in terms of what what are potential solutions, we're probably on different ends of the spectrum. But I just wanted to affirm him and say you're handling yourself really well mm. online, and I'm I'm proud that you are a member of this church because yeah. of it. But you know, I see a lot of guys. I've seen pastors really um, respond to this. It really react to this in strong, strong political terms. And it's, I don't, let me, let me say this. I want to be really clear. I don't think it's wrong for pastors to speak out on political issues. Um, I, I, I have political perspectives and I'm happy to talk to people in the appropriate context yeah. about my perspective on the second amendment and guns and gun rights. And I'm happy to educate people on what an AR-15 actually is versus what the news says it is. Yeah. Um, but I just want to encourage pastors to – and we'll, we'll give some advice later from what, what we're telling ourselves to do. But be careful here. The We are – people look to pastors, hopefully, and if they shouldn't uh, at large, our people will be looking to pastors for some wisdom. Yeah. And I don't think the main thing they ought to be hearing from pastors is – angry rants about politics. I would rather them be speaking uh, out of their primary calling. Yeah. And I see too Learning many, how to shepherd yeah. and care and uh, present the gospel in these things. I mean, kind of along those lines, I think uh, for an, you know, more reactionary, because you talk about this angry rant, right? There's just this emotional response. Uh, and that's the thing. I, we get that. We I understand, understand that. I understand that people are sad. People are mourning. I understand people are angry. I understand that, that uh, people are confused. And right. I, there's just... There's a, a wide range there, um, but I think what we mean by emotional is when when it becomes irrational. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's again, we all probably hit that stage. Oh yeah, and so I, I tend to cut people all out of slack. They're emotional. They're upset. Um, so you know, sometimes people have to get it out, but. It's it's not helpful when you let your emotions take over and Correct. you forget reason, you you forget uh, logic, you know. And then, the, you know, in the reaction, there's a, there's been a bunch of misinformation. What do you mean by misinformation? Well, like, just you know, people. So tell me what Fox News is doing wrong. Well, uh, everything. Uh, listen, don't, don't listen. I'm not going to MSNBC either. I think all those news outlets mm-hmm. are kind of kind of janky. But no, I mean, just like, be careful about the information that is posted and the information that you share. Because there is a lot of misinformation out there and, you know, everything from, you know, how many school shootings there have actually been this year. Mm -hmm. They're throwing around the number 18. And when you look at the stats, when you look at the numbers, there haven't been 18 uh, school shootings, certainly not mass school shootings. Most of those shootings were no one was injured. Uh, It was an accident at a lab where they have a a firearms thing or uh, people come onto a school grounds uh, and have committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Uh, there have been guns fired and no one injured. When you take all of those away this year, it looks like there have been uh, a much smaller number of school shootings. Any of them are bad. We, we hate the school shootings. We know we need mm-hmm. to deal with it. Yeah, um, you're not diminishing the fact that no one was hurt. It, we we want to praise God that in those instances no right. one was hurt. But when you start to say, you know, we've had 18, it sort of diminishes what just happened. It's like, well, we, we haven't had 18. Let's focus on this one right here right now um, and give people some time to, to process and grieve through it. So whether it's, you know, misinformation about guns and, and, and the thing about guns, and we're not going to talk about guns here really, but the, the problem is- you got to find Joe's other Instagram account to talk about that. <laughs> the, the, the problem is that, you know, people are emotional. They want to see an answer. And yeah. so they repeat what other people say about guns, even though they know nothing without, about Without doing, I guess, due diligence or research, research yeah. or just I mean, looking into it on their own. You know, it's so like- uh, 
like I said, we're not, I don't want to get into it because that's just not my primary thing. Uh, but be careful of that stuff because in the reaction, the politics, like you said, Jimmy, the emotions and the misinformation is, 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 is a problem. And, mm-hmm. and, but the reactions though are touching on very legitimate issues yes. yeah. that we do need to address as, as people, as, as humans, as Christians, as leaders, we need to talk about the issues that are at the center here, right? And there's a bunch of them, but yeah. you know, we can just think of a few, obviously well, violence, violence, right? right? Like, I, I mean, I mean, I'm trying to think through like when, when I was in school, right? I mean, it was just, you know, people would just fist fights, right? And those I were was, scary enough, right? You, you well, for some of us, for yeah. some of you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you don't look at me. Yeah. Oh, come on get now. Out. I was, I no, was, you were propeller arm kid. I was, oh, get out of here. Yeah, you no were. Way. I've heard stories. I was, I was runaway kid see, for a see, long time. See, for us, for me, when I was a kid, we, you know, it was fist fighting for, for you in 1880, it was fisticuffs. Is that it what it you guys are? It was fisticuffs with fist the knuckles, bet your, knuck, your fist bent in on yourself bent, out. Like this? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no. I, I, yeah. I mean, it was it was a fist those, fight. That was like and, the worst that happened. And like, people didn't really get that hurt generally, right? You got a black no, eye. You, you got, got some scrapes. Yeah, maybe you got bloodied up, bloody people, nose. And then after the lip. fight, like people would make up and they'd hug and like you'd be friends. What, <laughs> what do you mean? No one hugged. They would hug it out. They hug it out. No one hugged. Yeah, you get in a fight. You throw. I've seen it happen. You guys are. I've probably seen more fights than you. You guys are weird. Back in the 1880s. Well, you know, it was all about. I guess it was a gentleman sport. It was good day, sir. It was good day, sir. That was some very good fisticuffs. By Joe, I think you got me. <laughs> yes, I mean that. That's you know when we look back and yet and, and back then, right? We had we had guns, we had semi-automatic rifles and um, and pistols and all of that, but we didn't have this particular problem of school yeah. violence, gun violence yeah. on campuses. So, so I mean, it's escalating. It, it, obviously, it has, and so there are cultural issues at play here. And I don't have all of the, I don't have any of the answers for what that is. I have ideas about how we can begin to address some of these issues, and I think you know. Like, I don't know why it's a problem to have metal detectors in schools. I don't know why people freak out about that. I, I, I know that we, we're dealing with the symptom and not the problems, but you do yeah. have to treat the symptoms sometimes. And I think it's important to say, hey, listen, if our kids are that important, and I believe they are, yeah. if our children are that important, I'm for us having schools that are locked up tight, which yeah. most of them are these days, um, and, no, yeah. and have some metal detectors in there, have, it, have, have security there at every school. I know that costs money, but if – listen, if – our children are important if they really do value, matter to us and if they have value then yeah we we ought to we ought to look at that but the violence is a real issue we have to deal with so is mental health yeah you know and people want to people want to just treat it like oh well, you know mental health is the is the issue if we could just rein in these prescription meds or whatever we could if we could screen mental yeah, health patients quit with the xbox games and right but so there but there clearly are some mental health issues and a mental health crisis going on that we do need to learn to deal with learn mm-hmm. to talk about a little bit better. Um, Learning how to help individuals process. Right, process and get the appropriate help. And I'm yep. sorry, I know it was said recently, but you know, to stop looking in the mirror is oh. how you gain mental health. Uh, not oh. so much. Not so much. I'm going to go ahead and say not so much. And the, the gun issue, obviously. Yeah. Um, and listen, we do have to talk about the gun issue. I mean, not here on this episode. Yeah. I'm just saying like as a, as a country, yeah. we do have to talk about it. Whether you're pro-Second Amendment, pro-gun or anti-gun or whatever, we do have to have civil, reasonable, educated conversations on this and, and figure out uh, – make sure that we're doing the right thing, uh, having the appropriate standards and, uh, and processes in place for people who uh, want to have firearms in accordance with their constitutional rights. Yeah, and so, I mean, what about uh – uh, what about the death penalty? I mean, Florida is a yeah. is a state. It's a death penalty state. And I think, um, you know, we, we on Sunday we 
we actually prayed for the uh, the victims, families, yeah. and friends uh, during our time of confession. Uh, we we prayed for God's mercy to be upon them and, and on our country, and we prayed even that God would show mercy to Nicholas Cruz. Mm. Um, and that's that's a that's a controversial thing. Yeah. Um, I I I want Nicholas Cruz, though he has done something that most of us would never do or think of doing, um, committing this particular heinous act. Uh, I want Nicholas Cruz to feel the weight of his sins and to be broken under that and to find mercy and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. I really do want that for yeah. him. But I also want him to answer for his crimes in this life and under the. Uh, the state laws. I'm I'm actually a believer in the death penalty in a, as a, as a principle. Uh, I'm not a fan of how America has carried it out. Mm-hmm. I think we've done it done it wrong most of the time, or at least much of the time. Um, but yeah, we got to talk about the death penalty and what whether we should do it, how we do it, um, yeah. how it works, and so th- th- that's just a few issues, right? That that are that are that just matter. off the top of our head. Yeah, I mean, there's I'm sure there's others that I mean, you know, that uh, others are are thinking through, but. But how should we be thinking about these? Like when when we when something like this happens, right? right? In the midst of the confusion, in the midst of the struggle, I mean, I definitely think that we need to uh, kind of uh, think about certain things. And I, and I think one of them is that's often lost for me is that God is is good. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. We we need to go, especially as leaders, as Christian leaders, we need to make sure that we are pointing our people to the truth of God oh, yeah. in all of this. Because it's hard in the midst of this to say, right. how is it that God is good when so much injustice reigns in, right. in our world? How is it that God is good as our children are being uh, slaughtered? Mm-hmm. You know, How is it that God is good when uh, when fetuses are being aborted, right? Like, exactly. how, like all these things. If I, God is good, why doesn't it look like it? Exactly. Right? Exactly. And I, I, go, I always go back, and you guys have heard me talk about this on the podcast. I always go back to Psalm 73 because there Asaph is dealing with this yeah. very issue. He knows God is good to Israel, but when he looks around, it doesn't look like God is good to Israel. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like God is good to the bad guys because the bad yeah. guys are getting away with it. The bad guys have all the money. The bad guys are taking advantage of and oppressing the poor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, well, I know God is good, but I almost gave it up. I mean, it just because yeah. it felt doesn't like it feel was, good. No. It, it, so but we have to go back to that. We have to go back to that theological truth and, yeah. and allow these truths of God, like you're talking about the goodness of God. We've got to let that be uh, the filter by which we interpret yes. uh, these events and our yes. lives and not allow our lives and our circumstances to be the lens through which we interpret God. That's right. So we should be looking to, to Scripture. And I mean, even like like you said, the, the psalm is there, but even Psalm 145, the Lord yeah. is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. Yeah. Even when it doesn't feel like it, even when we can't see it, even when our experiences say otherwise, we know that God is good. His mercy is over all that he has made. It's like we don't always understand because we're like children, right? Children don't always understand why things hurt. Sometimes the medicine is painful. Sometimes the plan is difficult. Mm-hmm. But your parents, hopefully, God willing, are right there with you. They love you and they have to walk you through this difficult time, even though your child brain can't really understand what's yeah. going on. And we're very much in that situation where, you know, we're in a broken world where there's a lot of evil and, uh, and apparent chaos. And yet, we we do need to know and hold on tight to that truth that God is good. And if you're saying we need to think about God being good in the midst of this, um, it's it's also I think equally important for us to look at the opposite, which is man is evil. Yeah, and it doesn't mean yeah. that doesn't mean that there's nothing good in man. It doesn't. I mean, every man, including uh, Nicholas Cruz, is made in the image of God, and because of that, 
um, they are worthy of, uh, of, of uh, compassion and care uh, from their fellow man. Mm-hmm. Um, but man is evil. And we read about it in, in Genesis 6, 5 and in Romans 3. Throughout all of Scripture, we know that in our hearts yeah. there is wickedness. And that wickedness gives birth to sin, to real sin, sometimes atrocious sin that really does harm other people. And so, I mean, to, to not bring balance to it, but to understand that in one sense God is truly good, perfectly good, yeah. even though we can't always understand that in full. And but man is evil. If we want to talk about who's to blame, like everybody's like, well, let's let's blame the NRA or let's blame the school uh, or let's blame the FBI. Um, ultimately, though there are probably a lot of factors here that we could talk to about culpability. Nicholas Cruz is responsible for what yeah. he did, um, and and he's the one that should bear the the full penalty here. I mean, um, yeah. Along with that, I mean, <clears throat> trying to think you, that God is good and and man is evil. I mean, God is sovereign, right? Yeah. We can't we can't lose sight of that. That, that should be yeah. that should be something that gives us like hope and assurance to know that that in this broken world, yeah, God still reigns right that god is still in control i mean uh i mean we see it throughout scripture about god predestining god controlling god god in charge of these things not to say that god is god is the author of evil right you know i don't want to i know some listeners may then say well hold on now then you can't have them both but as as Joe said, man is evil. God is good, and God is sovereign overall. Yeah, for me, that there's a lot of comfort in that to know that though wicked men are doing wicked things, that God is still sovereign and in control. And though I can't, I don't know the plan. He has a plan. I can't always see the plan. I can't make sense of the plan. His ways are not my ways. Uh, but God is indeed sovereign. He's not far away uh, in these events. He is there, and He will use. Uh, even the wicked actions of wicked yeah. men for his good purposes. I think about Genesis 50 when Joseph, at the end, That's good, after yeah. having been you know, brutalized by his brothers, sold into slavery, uh, he winds up as number two man in Egypt. And when his family comes to Egypt for relief in the midst of famine, uh, they face him. They didn't know he would even be alive, but there he is. And he says to them, instead of just crushing them, which is what I would want to do, mm-hmm. um, he says, what you intended for evil, God intended for good um I, you know how could he probably couldn't make sense of that when he's in the pit uh, getting ready to be sold into slavery but on the back end he does see it so i think yeah god is good man is evil god is sovereign and also in some in a situation like this let's just reaffirm that man is savable though yeah. though man is evil uh, he or she is savable. god does the miraculous and as we think about guys like nicholas cruz um you know, he has done a horrible thing. Absolutely. It's, we can't wrap our minds around it. How, you know, I can even wrap my brain around, you know, crimes of passion or even a planned out murder. I can understand like, okay, you betrayed me, you stole or whatever. And I now, like how you say you can, you can understand that. Like, yeah, you like, can understand that. You can understand the thinking behind somebody. Like someone planning out a murder. I can understand sure. the crime of passion. Because yeah. I feel like there's an irrational state, this an emotional, well, irrational state. So, but so, you're saying, yeah. That, so you are actually saying, I understand the calculated, mm-hmm. uh, like to yeah. think through how. Okay, so I I'll am give you going, an example. I'll give mm-hmm. you an example. Um, I was abused as a kid. Okay. Oh, see, I just got real serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got you serious. Go. Yep. Got real serious. And um, throughout my early teens, uh, 
I was set on killing that guy. I was going to kill that guy uh, when I was done with school, whether I graduated or not. Um, I was going to go. I was going to find him, and I was going to kill him. I was angry. I was hurt. I was frustrated, and that was my goal. And then God saved me and uh, messed up my plans, uh, which I'm thankful for mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> now. And uh, and I, I was able to forgive that person. But I can understand how somebody can be so torqued, so twisted in, in their minds and in their hearts that they think like, I'm going to take this person's life because they did me wrong. I can wrap my brain around that. I can't wrap my brain around this indiscriminate killing of, of people that are genuinely innocent, uh, socially, civilly, um, shooting through windows in a schoolroom of kids huddling for their lives. Like that makes zero sense to me. And yet, even though uh, Cruz did this, um, he is still savable. Mm-hmm. He could be saved and it would bring glory to God. And we lose sight of that often yeah. in the midst of the emotion, in the midst of like, like you said before, the anger and wanting to see justice being done now. Yeah. It's hard to think through, well, maybe mercy is in store for them later. Right. I mean, did Jesus die for sinners? Did Jesus die for the worst of sinners? Um, yes, because he died for me. Mm-hmm. I think we, you know, if if you can't see how God would be glorified in extending forgiveness and new life to someone you consider to be the worst, then you are a Pharisee. You are a Pharisee. Mm. So we, I, I think as we're leading people through this and as we're talking to each other, yeah. Jimmy and I have been talking a lot about this. We've been talking to Steve McCoy about it and Pat and all these guys. Uh, these are just some of the truths that, that come up again and again that we really want to highlight. Because yeah. you know, if, we, if all we're doing is focusing on the ranting and the ravings of Facebook, you know, pseudo political um, posts, then mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not that it's all wrong. It's just that I don't think it's going to accomplish the same kind of good that we could if we were to dial in as Christians on these theological truths. Now, I mean, what, what, and I, I know it sounds arrogant to say it like this. I'm trying to think of another way, but I mean, what advice could be given, right? I, I, they're, they're like, how can we help encourage people yeah. to kind of, react in, in positive ways as they're sorting through this. Yeah, thoughtful response, thoughtful responses, response. yeah. And not to say that we've got all the answers. That's not... No, listen, we listen. We give advice to our friends. We give advice to each other. It doesn't mean yeah. we have all the answers. Sometimes we know the truth. Sometimes we know what's best. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is important to say is that we should mourn with those who mourn. The Bible tells us to do yes. that. And mourning is appropriate. It is a good thing. It is... Um, it is fitting for you to grieve when there is evil and wickedness yep. and to grieve with those who are grieving. Yes. Um, you know, everybody's slamming uh, President Trump or any conservative for that matter who essentially says thoughts and prayers are with you mm-hmm. um, as, they're, as they're mourning and because people want more than prayer. Uh, but um, they're, in that process, in that moment, they are mourning, right? They are, they are sad and they are grieved, and that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a good response. And, I, and I, I do think another good response is prayer. I think we need to be yeah. quick to pray. You know, uh, I, I, why? Why should we be quick? Why, why should we be so quick to pray? Because I think that's God is, is good and God is sovereign, right? And I think uh, we need to be quick to pray because there is where we, we, need, we need God's help. Right. We yeah. need God's guidance. We need his love, like and just his mercy and his, and his forgiveness. But I'm, I'm thinking through like we need there needs to be some sort of I know it sounds weird saying like a calm. Right. Like mm. and, and that calm comes from this faith and trust that we might be beseeched. Our heart may be in turmoil and, and we may struggle and, and be emotional and angry and, and, and sad and all these things. 
God is who we need to be turning to, not not to these right. pundits. Right. And so, you know, you say Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, has that stupid tweet up that said something like there's been a bunch of research and we have now seen that uh, uh, prayers and thoughts don't actually change anything or do anything. I, I forget. We'll put a picture up of the tweet. Yeah. Um, but we know the truth. We know that God hears the prayers of his people, that God answers in accordance with his will. Yes. Um, we're called to pray and we need to pray. I think that's I think that's a really good point. And I think if we're going to be quick to pray, let's be slow to speak. Um, that doesn't mean don't yeah. speak, and it doesn't mean don't speak relatively quickly, but just slow your roll a little bit. Be careful. Be careful of what, you what you're about to say. Because, listen, man, I've seen some pastors just look like real tools. Guys I know. They, yeah. they, you, listen, guys, you look bad with some of the things that you say. And it's not because I disagree with you or I agree with you. Uh, it, what I'm saying is, is you come out too aggro. You you come out too at, defensive. You're, you're, you're so amped up on things and you're taking people to task when it might be better for you um, to be careful with your words, to seek to influence people towards the truth. Um, Correct. To be winsome in, in your dialogue with people that uh, maybe have a different perspective than you, but be careful. Choose your words because, you know, just because something is true doesn't mean that you are going to say it in the right way or at the right time. Yeah, I like uh, that. You've got to Those find, are two very important things. You've got to find the right way and time to say these things. You know, we, you know, Jimmy and I have been in situations where we have to mourn with people in our own church. And, and sometimes the first thing that we want to say to them because we know them and we know what they're going through is God causes all things to work together for the good of those who mm-hmm. love them. But I would say most of the time, they don't want you to say anything. No. They want you to be there. Just they sit and pray and, and just love, love them. them, right? That's what they want. So be careful in in how you speak uh, and be slow to speak. I think I think uh, another piece of advice is to uh, do justice and, and love mercy, right? Yeah, right out of Micah. That, I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes back to what we've been talking about. We should want justice and we should love mercy. Yes. And um, that that should frame how we how we think, how we talk, how we plan, how we vote, um, and even how we think about somebody like Nicholas Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do want there to be justice, and um, I also do want there to be mercy. And it, you know, I, I that phrase out of Micah six eight is is one of the more powerful verses in Scripture for me. Yeah, uh, in my life because. You know, to do justice is to do more than talk about it. Correct. To love mercy is to do more than just do it without your heart, and then to walk humbly with your God. Mm. Right. That's uh, that's really good advice for 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 all Christian people. And I maybe the last thing that I would say is, um, in all of this, be sure that in your own heart, also in your in your language and in, the, in the, what you're saying to other people, but definitely in your own heart, keep God and the gospel at the center. Yeah. It's easy to drift from that to to forget what our great hope is. You know, our hope is not found in this country or in politics. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be involved and engaged in trying to change things. We should. But it does mean that our ultimate hope, satisfaction, and glory is found in God and in the gospel. I think that, for me, um, that that's going to not just save us from a lot of trouble. It's going to yeah. frame us for dealing with this issue in uh, the wisest of ways. Well, I think, Joe, I mean— um I don't. I don't feel it's appropriate to kind of end the way we usually end. Uh, right. Talk doing, over your. Uh, or you your, talk over me, or, or where we kind of go through all the the little things. Um, I would actually prefer if uh, if you would just take a moment and just pray. 
Yeah. And let's pray for, for Nicholas. Let's pray for the parents. Let's pray for the school. I mean, let's just pray that, um, that God's glory would shine. All right, let's do it. Father in heaven, we know that you are our father, the father of all who know you through Jesus Christ, who love you, who've been born again by your spirit. You are the father of all who believe, and we look to you. We trust you here. We have to, because the world doesn't make sense. We know we can't trust in it, and we ask that you would shower your people with grace, that you would comfort those who are afflicted, that you would strengthen these families, Lord, that you would help them to grieve and to ultimately find their hope in Jesus. Yes, Father. We pray, God, that in the midst of all of this, you would you would surprise us with conversions and healing and good works of mercy and justice, mm-hmm. God. We pray that um, that you would save those that we see to be unsavable, the unreachable, uh, those who are untouchable and unworthy. And that applies to all of us, Lord, but especially those people that we deem to be that way. We pray for young Mr. Cruz, God, that you would convert him um, as he faces the justice uh, mm-hmm. that is needed for the crimes that he has done. Um, God, we do pray that you would bless our country, not because it's the best, not because it's better than other countries. We don't pray for us because we think that our country is the center of the universe, but this is where we live. These are our people, and we pray, yeah. God, that you would do amazing things here. Lord, be glorified um, in our lives, uh, whether we're going through uh, seasons of affliction or affluence or or whatever. God, we pray that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.